Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good, good. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to do two more, well, today and next week of prayer. But that being said, I just want you to know that it would take us forever to touch everything there is on prayer in the word of God. And so I was thinking about it this morning and I thought, if anything, let's get from this that um, prayer is not a formula. It's not a ritual. So even when we're looking at the model of prayer, people have taken that, and that's in Matthew uh, 5 that we're going, but um, people have taken that, or excuse me, 6, but people have taken that And they've just rehearsed that. But that's not what Jesus was saying, right? So we're going to learn a little bit more about that verse and prayer and just the structure and the model of that uh, this morning. And um, we'll see how much we can get through. Uh, Just a quick review. Well, actually, let me do this first. Thank you for everybody joining us online. Welcome to you. And then uh, let's pray real quick, shall we? Father, we just come before you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are bringing, Lord, light in the word that we hear, revelation, Father, that we're seeing things, Lord. I I just yield myself to you. I thank you, Lord, that you um, show us things this morning. And we just thank you. We praise you. Amen. All right. So in Matthew 6, 9, you can turn there. That's kind of our main text for this uh, last couple weeks and then last week. But we're talking about the model of prayer. So everybody knows what that is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God did not intend, Jesus did not intend for us to just recite that and, oh, yay, God are done. You know, there's, uh, there's meaning in this verse that's pretty incredible if you look into it and study and realize that it's just a model. It's just a, um, um, I guess you will, a structure or a just, it's a model of prayer. It's not um, to be just rattled off, but there's stuff in there that is so profound and so deep. And we're going to look a little bit into that more today. But um, remember we talked about how our father and just what that means. Really, our father is, it settles our relationship, So Jesus said, I want you to just have in your heart and your mind a settled relationship that he's your father. Man, and we talked about that. I'm not going to go back because I don't have time to spend a lot on that. You can go back and listen next or to last week's. But that means a nourisher, protector, upholder, one who imparts life and is committed to it, the founder of a family, bringing into being to pass on the potential for likeness. El Shaddai, the Almighty One. So Father, it's not to be, uh, Father God is not to be um, compared to any earthly father that you know, even though sometimes you have, you know, you've had a good experience of a father. Um, The verse that comes to me, you being evil as you are, know how to give good gifts. What does that mean? You're not perfect, but God is perfect. Amen. And so that's what that's talking about. You can go back and listen. But, um, and Paul brought this up, um, how we were brought into that relationship in Romans 8, 15 and Galatians 4, 6 talks about Abba Father. 
all right? Um, in 1 John 3, 1, behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Um, and then we talked a little bit, and I'm not gonna spend any more time on that, but we went into hallowed be thy name, and I just wanna give a little bit more on that. See, there is a reverence for the Lord that if you're not careful, you won't walk in and you won't recognize. And a lot of that reverence that I believe is, is comes and is very strong in, um, one of my favorite scriptures is in Proverbs, acknowledge him in all of your ways. Just the, you know, cause sometimes we do this, we get going with life and we just kind of run through the routine of life and we don't acknowledge God in it. And I wonder sometimes what we miss. You know what I mean? Ever think, think about that? And I don't think we should live in condemnation or fear about that at all. But think about what we, the relationship and the depth of relationship that you could have with Father God if you learn to acknowledge him in all your ways. Think about that. Have you ever just sat down and thought about that? I mean, he'll help you in every single way. If you acknowledge him, he's got a straight path for you to take in that way. So we, you know, we get, well, of course I'm going to, you know, I, I'm in this business. Of course I'm going to do that. That's money. Did you acknowledge the Lord in it and find out if that was the right money for you and the right job for you? Did you follow the Lord in, um, you know, we just, you can take this down to just the very smallest things. I mean, honestly, I think God is so, you know, we think that he doesn't care about the little things, but he does. And if he, if we just acknowledge him, I think it was uh, actually Keith Moore. If you don't know who Keith Moore is, a great teacher of the word, but I think it was Keith Moore who was talking about, um, he was so, he had such a relationship with the Lord that he was, he, he, the, he said, the Lord will help you cook your steak, do your laundry. How, what's more efficient today, Lord? And then in that, you make yourself available and you think, well, that's silly. No, my family really appreciates it when I ask the Lord how to make a steak and not overcook it. <laughs> that's a small, a small thing. But I think what he was getting at was this, that relationship with the Lord, that communion. It's not something that you separate out from your life. It's actually you live and move and have your being in him. And he'll give you an answer to any question you ask. And maybe not in your timing, not the way you think, but he will speak to you about things. He will help you in life. And that's what I love about that. And that's honestly a big portion of prayer we know is it's communion with God. So I don't want you to think that as we're going through these things that, okay, well, if I do it like this and I do it like that, this is how even faith has become. Well, if I say this verse enough, if I do this enough, then I'll have that. It's not a formula. It is not like that. God deals with and speaks to and has a relationship, and this is what prayer is, with the individual. He's not going to give you... Now, there are, are definite you know, answers here that everybody can use, but here's an example. I guess I have lots of examples today, but here's an example. Um, when I uh, was, and maybe you've heard this, but I'm going to share it again just in case. 
But when I was dealing with some things in my body, <clears throat> you know, I'm in the faith camp, so this is what I do. I grab this scripture, this scripture, and this scripture, and then I say it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I say it a bunch. But do you realize if there's no faith in what I'm saying? Now, I will tell you that when you're in the word, faith comes and it's built and encouraged. So it's not ever wrong, but I had to find out, get in and talk to God and say, God, what direction do you want me to go here? And he spoke to me a scripture that was not necessarily the most popular healing scripture to profess or confess over your body. But because we're in relationship with God and we have, this is what prayer does. It's, it's this intimacy where you can actually go into a situation that you as a person, as a, as a um, individual are in and you can actually in that relationship say, God, what are we doing here? What do you want? And he will speak directly to you, divine wisdom and direction just for you for that particular situation. And that's where the word and the spirit work together and talking to God and praying in the Holy Ghost and praying the word and all of these things work together is we're not just our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's not just a formula, it's not a formula, it's a relationship and really getting in and hearing God. And I'll tell you why a lot of people have a hard time hearing from God is because we just get impatient. I mean, we want the answer now. And also, when we want the answer, we want it to look like this. And sometimes in prayer and actually asking, if you actually want the answer, sometimes it doesn't make sense to your natural mind at all. It takes faith. If we could do everything and figure everything out on our own, what would we need God for? But see, we do that in portions of our life, whether we realize it or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, God. I'm not going to acknowledge you here. I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And you just kind of, rather than, all right, God, we're together. You're the lead. I follow. What are you saying? You want me to do that? Well, that doesn't make sense. I remember that with, um, with a truck that we bought that was a mistake, okay? See, God will even help you get out of your mistakes <laughs> if you acknowledge him. But we bought a big old diesel something, something truck. It was, a, it was like, I almost needed a step stool to get into it. And I'm tall. But anyways, we bought this truck and it wasn't, it, I don't think it was what we were supposed to do, but we bought this vehicle and, uh, okay, so we had to put tons of money into it. We probably paid maybe three times more than it was worth by the time we were done with, no, am I wrong, two times? Yes, we did. By the time we fixed it up, we painted it, we, all of these things, we needed a paint job, Okay. All these things. Don't listen to him. It's my story. I'm not asking anymore. I changed my mind. Mind your own business. 
Anyways, we paid way too much money for this truck, okay? <laughs> and we thought, well, we're going to fix it up and sell it because we're not going to sell a piece of junk to somebody. We're not going to, like, sew the same thing that we just got, you know what I mean? So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do this and, and sell it. We could not sell that truck. Could not sell it. And so then the Lord dealt with us, you know what you can do? You can sew it. That doesn't make sense to your natural mind. But when you acknowledge God in your ways and you let him say, this is the best, this is the best way, and then you obey him with that, he'll make a bad situation, he'll bring life to it and he'll change it around for you. He'll change it around for you. And so that story, it doesn't really matter how much it costs. It was a lot of money for us at that time. But then it was a blessing. The person who got it, that we sold it to, they were able to sell it almost immediately <laughs> and get money out of it. See, God, when we acknowledge him in all of our ways and we keep him in a part of our life, see, this is what communion and prayer is. You're talking to God and you're not just doing all the talking. It is a two-way. In fact, mostly we should be listening. And what does listening to the Lord take? It takes attention, our attention. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes really hearing. And then when he does say what to do, all right, Lord, I'll obey. And that can be difficult because it's not how we would do it, Right? And so just keep that in mind when we're talking about prayer. And there's honestly in that, I believe that's where the hallowed be thy name. It's, it's, it's may you be given that unique reverence which your character and nature and personality as you have revealed to us demand. That's what hallowed be thy name is. There are certain Greek words that describe hallowed as to glorify, to honor, to exalt, to lift high, to bless, to praise. So to say hallowed be thy name is to give God the reverence, the honor, the glory, the praise, the exaltation which his character demands. We should be thinking about honoring God every day. We should be thinking about living our life in a way of praising him and honoring him and what bring glory. I'm telling you when, you, when you get to that point where you understand that you are a child of God, you are in the kingdom, you are living as a child of God, and then you understand the honor and the respect and the, re and the reverence, you won't have as difficult time with walking in love becomes easier and easier. Serving in a church becomes easier because you understand who you're doing it for. You understand, when we come in here and the, the reverence and the respect that we are to have toward the preaching of the word of God, no matter what voice is up here or not, that we come and we worship God, no matter if we like the song or not, we're not thinking about those petty things. We're thinking about, I'm here to honor God. And then those places of that honor and reverence, you will hear things that will set you free in areas 
But if we get closed off in our honor and our reverence and our respect for God, we'll look at people instead. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the people across the aisle and we'll, we'll, we'll get petty and we'll shut off the honor toward God and then we shut off his voice in our life. It's easy to hear from God. It's uh, like I shared last week, um, uh, John Bevere said that his prayer level, level went to another, this is in the Awe of God book that he just put out, but his prayer level went, or his prayer went to another level when he began to open up his time with the Lord and come before him with, Lord, you're worthy. I honor you. What if we did that when we walked in this church on a Sunday? Lord, I honor you. I reverence you. What do you have for us today? Lord, you're worthy. What do you have? Instead, we come in, oh, I hope they sing the songs I like. <laughs> Don't tell me none of you have thought that. <laughs> oh, I wish, you know, I wish we'd be done with that series. Guys, we understand, that's, that's dishonoring God. And we need to bring that reverence back to the church. And I believe we have it here, but how much more could we increase in that? When you honor God, you'll honor your brother and sister. Because you can't honor him without that. It goes hand in hand. And so... To say this is nothing, to say hallowed be thy name is, is nothing other than to say that God should have his own honor of which he is worthy so that men should never think or speak of him without the greatest veneration, which is profound respect. That we should never, we should never speak of him without that. The next phrase in this in Matthew 6 is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's where we're going to stick this morning. Um, uh, your kingdom come, thy will be done. So in Luke 4, 43, and you don't have to turn there. I'm going to go through some of these pretty quickly. But, um, but Jesus replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. Jesus was sent to preach the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God. And so we need to understand a couple things about the kingdom of God. Is And I heard Andrew Womack say this and then also Barclay, his study on this. That then the New Testament, the kingdom is not referencing territory. It's referencing the reign of God. All right? Kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Your reign come. Not R-A-I-N, reign, the reign of God come. In our prayers, so, so we have to keep, or we are to keep in our heart and in our mind the kingdom, to be kingdom-minded. To be kingdom-minded is God, you reign. It's just what we were talking about, acknowledging him. Lord, you reign, you reign in my life. Kingdom-minded. We're not just thinking about our own plan and our own pursuits, but we're thinking about his plan and his pursuits that he wants to accomplish through us. And we're supposed to uh, be kingdom-minded in our prayers, in our jobs, in our homes, raising our kids with a kingdom mindset. That's one of the things like with my kids, uh, they've played sports and everything, but I really wanted to find out from God what are the giftings that are in them. 
because those are the things that I want to pour my money, my time, everything. And yes, we can do the fun things, but God, what are the gifts in them? What have you called them to do? Because in this short span of time, because my youngest is a freshman, and uh, in this short, sorry, I just got caught up in that moment right there. (laughs) Time goes fast. In this short time that you have entrusted these kids to me, I need to be kingdom-minded in my raising of them. Because there are things that I have to in, in, instill into them. And we teach them, you know, I mean, it, that goes from very natural things to like, you know, take care of yourself, brush your teeth, put your deodorant on, all this stuff. It goes to how to clean their house, how to clean, take care of a house, how to be responsible and how to steward well what God has given you. But one of the things was, Lord, I want to be kingdom minded in the way that I raise them and what I pour into them because there is a lot of stuff they could be doing. I remember when they were really little, it was like, there was a pressure. I don't know if this is the same today, but there was a pressure to have 50 million play dates in a week. If you're not having play dates with your kids, you are a bad mom. I am not kidding you. That was, if you do not spend hundreds of dollars on their birthday parties, and buy all the other kids a gift too, a party gift. I'm not kidding, this is the stuff. And I had to be like, no, I need to hear from God on what we're supposed to do. I need to know what we're supposed to. And we haven't done this perfectly, but um, there were certain things that the Lord began to, as we kingdom-minded raising our kids, the Lord began to rise, their giftings began to rise the top, and the Lord began to say, okay, I want you to pour into this. I want you to pour into this. I want you to pour into this. And believe me, we could have quit those things a hundred times because they didn't want to practice. Here's the main one. I'm afraid to get up in front of people. Do you know that a lot of parents cater to fear? And what they're actually doing is stifling the gift that God's placed in them. Because don't tell me the enemy won't try to use fear to keep you from what God has called you to do. We see it all through the Bible. So they would come, um, I remember Kylie would be in tears, and you wouldn't look at Kylie and think that now. She's got boldness. She doesn't, you know, if she's asked to do something up here, okay, do you know what it is? God's come through for me before, he'll do it again. Or uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to embarrass you, but Taylor, with drama, scared to death. But I said, but it's like, Taylor, no, there's a gifting there. Rely on God. Trust him. He'll get you through. And she is like so excited after she steps out in faith and sees God meet her. There is nothing like that. That is faith. That is stepping out on the water. When it's uncomfortable, it's scary. So kingdom-minded in raising your kids. Lord, what are the gifts that I need to nurture in them and develop in them? You can do this for yourself now. It's not too late for that. Lord, what did you place in me? I'm not going to be afraid of that thing anymore. 
I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to allow the enemy to hold me back in fear. What have you placed on the inside of me? What are those giftings? Um, the kingdom of God is a society and a race of people upon earth in which God's will is done. So the kingdom of thy kingdom come, thy will be done, goes hand in hand. So it is a, it is a, it is a race of people. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. They're of the kingdom of God. And in being part of the kingdom of God is not just, oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven when I die. That statement actually means the um, kingdom of God is that we are in the reign of God. We are in the, the, the uh, society of heaven. And, and the, what the master says is what goes. We're committed to his will. We're committed to obedience to him. We're in his kingdom. We're sons and we're daughters, but we're in his kingdom to be his, to be his light, to be his representation on this earth. We are about the kingdom. His kingdom come, his will be done, go hand in hand. We are those that seek after and we are intent on, on, on walking out the will of God. We're focused, we're laser focused in on it. See, the thing about living in a kingdom is you don't get to live in a kingdom and have your own rules. You live in the kingdom of God, you live by his rules. He rules and reigns in your heart and in your life. The kingdom of God begins with me and with you. The kingdom involves the individual acceptance and application of the will of God. True life and the kingdom of God are one and the same. We only find life in obedience to God. In doing his will, we find our peace. And only in the kingdom is there life because clearly life is what it was meant to be only when, it was lived, it, when it's lived in obedience to the will of God. You want to enjoy life and see long days? Live for him all the way. You're his representative. I'm his representative. The kingdom of God, and I'm not going to, you can look these up later, but the kingdom of God is worth any effort. And we see that in Matthew 6, 33. It's worth any effort. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God is worth any price. Matthew 13 44 through 46, that talks about the treasure in the field, the pearl of great price. It's a parable that Jesus used. To enter the kingdom of God is worth any sacrifice. Matthew 18, 8 through 9. And that talks about, um, I believe it's if your eye causes you to, if you're, you know, it's, it's worth any cost. It's worth any cost in the natural. The kingdom and its blessing belong to the poor in the spirit. That's Matthew 5, 3. The one who realizes that without him they can do nothing. Humble and the whole of their trust is in him. The poor in, the, in spirit. God, I need you. I can't do this without you. You're my everything. You are everything to me. The 
The kingdom of God belongs to those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. We see that in Matthew 5.10. The persecuted are clearly those who love God's will more than personal comfort, personal reputation, personal ambition, personal safety and security, more than life itself. H.G. Wells says the characteristic of this age was that in it the voice of our neighbor is for so many of us far louder than the voice of God. The voice of our neighbor, not talking about your actual neighbor, just people. To reverence God is to hear his voice first and it's the most important. Sometimes I think that we're afraid to hear the well of God in direction because usually it takes sacrifice to do his will. Usually it takes sacrifice to do his will. And sometimes people just aren't willing to give that up. So it's almost like even maybe, and I've done this too, you hear God's direction in something, but it's like, nope, that's too hard. And we step away from really the life that comes in obedience to his will. See, that's where faith comes in. Because you're stepping out into the will of God in obedience to him without seeing any benefit to you at the moment. But the way God works is, there's benefit down the road. And the thing about God is he sees, he sees what's down the road. If it, this is just a simple is, illustration. God's dealing with you about studying on healing. I want you to get on this. Here, let's talk about this. Let's, let's look at this. And he knows the attack of the enemy that's coming down the road. See, that's communion with God. He's not just taking care of your now, He's taking care of your future. He's not just thinking. He is so big in, in, his, in his thought. It's so beyond ours that we just think kind of in the now and maybe the near future. He is thinking in the now and the way future of the repercussion that comes with obedience to his will and his way. The, the blessing, the harvest. So a person who lives in that relationship with God, it's okay to question, Lord, what are you saying by this? What is this, you know? But it's going to take a whole lot of trust of just stepping out. And trusting him. And believing in him. So we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are his kingdom, and that is expressed through aligning with his will, which is in his word. We represent his kingdom, not just because we're believers, not because we're sons and daughters, but also because those that are in his kingdom, they align with and they yield to the will of God. Because they're kingdom-minded. They're reign, his reign, his authority-minded. It really is an exciting place to live. And I know a lot of you probably live there, but 
It's really exciting. So Matthew 6, 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, kingdom benefits come from his will, doing his will. Powerful prayer is praying his will. And this is where it gets really exciting. How do we know his will? The word is his will. The word is his will. F.F. Bosworth said, faith begins where the will of God is known. In 1 John 5, 4, and I'm going to turn there. Um, nope, sorry, 514. 1 John 514 says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the faith, the privilege of boldness which we have in him. And we are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. If we ask anything according to his will, so part of prayer, important piece of prayer is finding out what God's will is in that situation. And when you're believing God for healing, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt it is God's will to heal. And if you don't know that, you need to go and find it out because that's what will grow faith in that area. Even, even, this is, this is, this has been so rampant in the church as a whole, is that, well, if God wants to, or if it's his will, then I'll be healed. No, it says very clearly in this word right here that it is his will to heal. Very clearly, but see, people, we get our, 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 um, our experience and everybody else's experience wrapped up in, in God's character and will. And we think and we judge God by somebody else's experience. And we talked about this last week. Unless it lines up with the word of God, then you shouldn't listen to that. But you should build your understanding of God and what he wills for you and what his heart is and what his purpose was. You should build that on the word of God. There should be no question. If you're dealing with something in your physical body right now, if the question is in there at all, well, God, maybe I'm not supposed to be healed. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe this, maybe that, whatever. You should get in the word and find out that that is not his will. And I don't have time to go in on all of that, but it is all over here. Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father. So if we want to know what the Father wants, then you should look at Jesus' life. And he never turned anybody away. There were people that did not get healed because they didn't have faith. That's a major part of it. In fact, that's mostly what it is. He will move in signs, wonders, and miracles. But as a believer, we are to stand and step out on the authority of the word of God and believe what he says over what we feel or what we see and then live in and walk in this perpetual life of, of divine healing and not have to think, oh, when the healer minister comes, the healing ministry, now we can receive from that. That's not what I'm saying. But listen, he's not here all the time. You have the healer on the inside of you right now. I have them inside of me right now. I don't have to wait for Jim Hockaday to come in November to get healed. 
Now I know that he's going to lay hands on people and that gift is going to be an operation through him. But we as believers have this relationship with God, our Father, where we can go straight to the throne and we can talk to him and he can speak to us and he can tell us, here's the direction I want you to go. Here's what I want you to speak. Here's the word that I want you to have in your mouth, in your mind, in your heart and not let go of because this is the one that is gonna bring you from here to there and bring healing. This is the one, this is the direction. But listen, if we don't spend time with him and hear and settle down and we like to get our own way and our own will in there, we're going to miss it. And then this happens. People get impatient believing God and then they blame God for what they don't have. Last time I checked, he's always faithful. He has never let me down. And I've come to this place in such an understanding and I'm still growing this, but I believe this word is, is his word to us now, that it is life, that it is health and medicine to our flesh. And I know that if, if something's not quite right in my life, it is not his fault. Somewhere along the line, I did not acknowledge him. I did not come in line with him. I did not seek an answer from him and hear his leading and then follow it. I got off. And man, he's so patient with us, so don't be condemned. Be convicted, yes, by your own spirit, by your own conscience and all of this. But listen, don't be, keep going forward. That's part of growing and developing, Right? So it says um, in verse 14, and, and I'll read it one more time, but, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the faith, the privilege of boldness that we have in him. If we um, are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. How do you know his will or his plan if you don't ask him? Very simple. If I go up to Sean, what do you want to do about this? And then I walk away. Come on. But if I sit down, Sean, what do you want to do about this? And we have a conversation and we communicate and he tells me what his heart is about the thing. He's the head of the home. All right. And then I connect my faith. But if I just ask him and walk away and then disrespect or don't care about what his opinion is or what his will would be in the matter in our home, I'm not gonna, we're not going to have unity there. We're not going to see happen. Lord, you know, or, or Sean, how, I just called him Lord. Anyways, you get the point there. I want to keep moving on. In John 16, 23 and 24, let's turn there real quick. We're not going to pray today, but you can pray at home on your own. 16, uh, yep, 16, 23. Somebody took 16 out of my Bible. 
23 and 24. And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that my father will grant you whatever you ask in my name is presenting all that I am. Asking in my name. So up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive. This is, this is, this is where it was a little bit different than that prayer. That does not say anything, that model of prayer does not say anything about asking in Jesus' name, okay? We are given the name of Jesus to ask through. We go to the Father through Jesus Christ and what he did. We're not going on what we did or what we've done or what we're doing. We're going on Jesus Christ and his name. And his name is above every other name. Don't just think of that as a natural person's name. His name is above poverty. His name is above sickness. It's above cancer. It's above disease. It's above of lack. It's, it's above uh, depression. His name is above all these names. And we go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. John 15, 7. Let's go to that one real quick. If you live in me and abide um, in me, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. My words abide in you, you will ask. That word ask actually means to demand. And you could say, well, aren't we supposed to go to God in reverence? Yes, you can ask in that way, in reverence. Actually, God loves it when we take his word before him and say, this is what your word says. And I am demanding this is how it's going to be in my life. I am asking, I am coming. It's, it's more, it's not about what we think, you better do this for me. It's about, it's about this is what your word says. And he loves it when we come in, in confidence to him and in his word and know what we're talking about. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. We have authority and boldness when we are aligned with his word in prayer. We don't have to sheepishly utter our requests. We can boldly ask for them. So a lot of times people will go to prayer, well, Lord, I'd really like to be healed if it's your will. No. We know his will. It's right here. And if you're not sure, like I said, go get it. Go understand. Go read. When we know that we are speaking from the reservoir of God's word abiding inside of us and we are in agreement with the word, we should pray boldly. Abide is to stay, to dwell, to lodge, remain, and continue. Authority has nothing. This is actually what the Lord spoke to me at a, a prayer on a Tuesday when we were talking about stepping out on the authority of his word. Authority has nothing to do with how loud and intense in voice and emotion that we get, but how loud and bold and intense we get in knowing and believing the word of God. A prayer of authority is not, 
Jesus, you know, like bold. Like we think we got to get all our emotion into it and everything. No, boldness comes more from the knowing in your spirit that this is what God's word says. And so this is what I'm going to have. Stepping out on his word. You're not stepping out on your word. You're not stepping out on your word. It's kind of like um, when, uh, when Paul... Uh, they were ship, you know, they were shipwrecked and all of that, and they were at that island and all that good stuff. And all of this opportunity of death from the start of that trip to the end of that trip, what do you think Paul was riding on? The Lord said, I'm going there. That's where I'm going. He wasn't basing his, it on the trip and what was happening. He was basing it on it, I believe, holding on to the fact that says, God said, I'm going there. So all this stuff in between, just a facade. I mean, it really happens, but it's just the enemy's attempt to get you off track. This is where I'm going. Held on to that word. Held on to that place. Um. <clears throat> So we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. So no wonder um, the enemy fights us on reading the word of God because we have, when, when you know what his word says, there is an authority that you step out on in his word and his word does not return to him void. He, he, he is serious about his word as he is not a liar. He cannot lie, it's impossible. So when a believer in prayer steps out upon the word of God and the will of God, you're unstoppable. Unstoppable. On earth as it is in heaven is the last part of that, and then we're done. Healing, prosperity, and all other benefits of heaven are ours, are ours here on earth to the degree that we believe and receive them. On earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the rest of this service. Father, we're believing and we're expecting, Lord, for great things, Lord. Freedoms, revelations, seeing, understanding, all of the good things, Lord. We just thank you that you're in our midst. We love you, Lord, and we just praise you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.